0: Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This is a show to help you be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Emily Jaminet, and I'm joined for this program today in studio with my friend, Michelle Fanley. We hope this show provides you an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship We hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Welcome to Inspired by Faith and welcome, Michelle Fanley. Hi, Emily. How
1: are you today? I'm super excited about our topic today. Of course, one of our favorites,
0: Divine Mercy. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with our audience. Understanding Divine Mercy is our theme and we have a fantastic Guest, but I first want to open with just one quick quote from Saint John Paul II. Described divine mercy as love's second name. So, with that, I introduce you today. Father Chris Alar is a priest with the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Father Chris wrote and produced the popular Divine Mercy One Hundred and One in Explaining the Faith DVD series, and is and is an author of the best selling book After Suicide. There's hope for them and for you. And in his latest book, Understanding Divine Mercy, he is a regular host and guest on EWTN, and he also hosts online Divine Mercy Matters. This series is found at divinemercymatters.com. He serves as Father Joseph, the director of the Association of the Marian Helpers, and is the head of Marian Press, located on the grounds of the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Welcome, Father Chris.
2: Uh, hi, Emily. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me uh, on. It's a, it's an honor and uh, and a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Well, thanks so much again for joining us. What a gift! As we're getting prepared to celebrate this amazing feast of Divine Mercy Sunday here shortly, to be able to have you on the show to help explain all about this amazing topic. This all about Divine Mercy.
2: Yeah, the the you know the book, of the kind of the idea behind the book was to give people that understanding of what is so amazing about this grace. What is what is it that made Jesus tell Saint Faustina that this is mankind's last hope of salvation, and why now? And he, you know, he picked Saint Faustina because he told her that she was going to help prepare him for his second co- or sorry prepare the world for his second coming. So we're dealing with something very serious but yet at the same time very glorious. So we're living in an unprecedented time in history which you know we believe um, that our lord if we hear the words of Saint Faustina he is preparing the world for his second coming. Now we don't know when that'll be. Could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, could be years from now, decades, but He is in the process of preparing the world to return, and we don't want to be caught unprepared. And that's the whole essence of what the book is and what we're trying to tell people to be ready for on Divine Mercy Sunday.
0: Father Chris, this is Emily. I just, I really enjoyed the book. I enjoyed, especially, it was so touching to see the image of divine mercy when you opened it. You know, share with our listeners possibly that quote I shared from St. John Paul II. You know, divine mercy is also love's second name. You know, maybe if someone doesn't really know what we're talking about, how is this love? What does this love look like? What does it feel like to experience the love um, through Jesus for the, with divine mercy?
2: Well and that's what makes it the most um important attribute of God. You know, God has all God's attributes are infinite. So one teacher once in college said to me, well, how could you say that mercy's better? They're all infinite. All his attributes are infinite. Well, actually it is in regards to us the most important because it affects us more than any of his attributes. Now, um I like to say and it's in the book what is mercy? And when I explain it, I first start with what one word best describes God. If we could pick one word, what would it be? And most people would guess it's love. You know, God is love. This is all about the Gospel of John. But then I always say, but is all love the same? You know, um, I'm a graduate. I got my MBA from Michigan, so I always say I love Michigan football, and I say, but do I love Michigan football the same way I love my mom? My mom would probably say yes, <laughs> but <laughs> but we we know that we don't love things the same. There, There's a different mode. Now, here's the thing. There are many modes of love. Um, or I should, let me back up. There are many virtues. Um, there's temperance, prudence, justice, fortitude, faith, hope. But the greatest of all virtues is love. And that virtue being the highest of all the virtues is the focus here. Now, within love, as I started to say, we have many modes. Of all the modes of love, now you have eros love, the Greeks tell us like romantic love. We have filial love, uh, like between a father and a son. But the highest of all forms of love is that the Greeks told us was agape, this self-giving love. Now, here's how it answers your question. Of all the virtues, love is the highest. Of all the modes of love, mercy is the highest. So what is mercy? Mercy is a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it takes action to do something about it. And that what makes, that's what makes mercy the greatest mode of the greatest virtue, because I could tell you all day long I love you, but until I put that love into action, you really aren't going to know it. You, you know, we always say love is tested. People are like, well, how come God lets us be tested in the scriptures like this? How come he lets us be tempted with these temptations? Because it's a chance to prove love in our actions, and it's like a husband-wife. I can tell my wife or my husband, if I'm a spouse, that I love you, but until I put that love into action, we really don't know. And that is what mercy is, is putting love into action. And that's why John Paul II called it love's second name. So basically that mercy is a particular mode of love, the highest mode of love, that when love encounters suffering, it just doesn't sit there and say, gee, that's too bad, somebody should do something. It, it actually takes action to do something about it. And what, did God, what is divine mercy? It's, it's mercy applied to God. God saw our suffering after the fall in the garden, decided to do something about it. What did he do? He sent the gift of a Savior and the promise, or I should say the gift of a mother, Mary, and the promise of a Savior, his son. So that is mercy as applied to God as divine mercy. When God sees our suffering, he takes action to do something about it. Now all we have to do on Divine Mercy Sunday is know how to receive all those graces. But it is an incredible opportunity right now. We're in a time of mercy, and we can't let it slip by.
1: It is an amazing grace, and we are so blessed to be able to receive each and every year, these amazing graces from this devotion and divine mercy Sunday. Now, what I really loved about understanding divine mercy is I kind of expected you know you start out with the history of St Faustina and the devotion, but this whole front end of the book is really kind of like a commentary on our on our faith in general, and you have so many amazing theologians and priests that you've um, kind of combined all into one book, including Father Seraphim, um, who recently passed away. What a beautiful gift to have him write the foreword.
2: Yeah, he, um, he was my mentor, and I'll never forget the first thing that drew me to Father Seraphim was I went to confession, and he basically told me, you know, I, I was, you know, going through the litany of, you know, um, of faults and failings and And he says, well, you know, there's a feast coming up where you can wipe away all of this. Not only are you forgiven of this sin in this confessional, but now you can be wiped away of all the punishment due to sin. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. So that is the grace of Divine Mercy Sunday. You know, when we go to confession, we are given the sin as long as we have a valid confession, Um, Not to go on a tangent here, but a lot of people don't know what it takes to have a valid confession. Uh, Three things to have a valid confession. You must confess all grave sins you can remember. And, you know, we all know the obvious, you know, murder, abortion, stealing. But a lot of things that people don't realize that are grave matter, that we have to go to confession for, are like missing Sunday Mass. You know, people don't think, and now in the time of COVID, it's different because... You know, we have, um, you know, um, closed churches, or you might be at risk. So there's there's underlying variables now today. But there's a lot of other things people don't even think about that are grave sins, masturbation or gossip or, you know, anything, even, even taking somebody and, you know, um, kind of uh, gossiping about them. People don't realize how grave those sins can be. Because, you know, talking about somebody can actually be a violation of the fifth commandment, which is murder, because you're murdering somebody's reputation. And so people don't realize that. Uh, There's also sins like, um, that break the first commandment. Nobody ever confesses the first commandment, right? Because I don't worship Buddha or Allah. No, we worship ourselves. When we put ourselves ahead of God, like, I don't care what the church says, I'm going to use contraception. I'm going to have an abortion. Um, We become our own God. And so we must confess all grave sins we can remember. That's number one. Number two, we must have some form of contrition, sorrow for our sins. Um, Usually just going to the confessional is enough. Just making a free will effort to go because I want God's forgiveness is enough contrition. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to have some. And then, third, you, your satisfaction or some kind of penance, like maybe some retribution back for the sins you did that committed against Christ and His body. Now, you have a valid confession; your sins are guaranteed forgiven. Guaranteed. The priest, when he says, "I absolve you," fulfills John um, twenty twenty three, Matthew eighteen eighteen, Matthew sixteen nineteen. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven in heaven. Whose sins you retain are retained in heaven. People don't realize it is the priest who forgives your sins in the confessional. So when he says, I absolve you, you can come out knowing you're guaranteed forgiveness. Now, the grace isn't from the priest. It comes from God, of course. But God, when you have ultimate authority, which Christ did, you have the authority to delegate that authority. And Jesus delegated it to the priest. Now... Why do I bring all this up? Because when we are forgiven, a lot of people don't realize the punishment due to sin may remain, even though the sin has been forgiven. So when we go to confession, there's two kinds of punishment. One is the eternal punishment, a.k.a. hell. That is forgiven. But there is a temporal punishment remaining in most cases, a.k.a. purgatory. And... Even though we've been forgiven, we may owe back to God a form of loving discipline, because we're like the child who breaks the window. My famous example, you know, the dad says you're forgiven, but you're grounded. <laughs> you know, So you, you have to realize that there might be some temporal punishment remaining. Now, everybody always asks, Father, how do I get rid of this? Well, purgatory. And then people say, well, wait a minute. I want to do this on earth, well, plenary indulgences are another way, but you have to have no attachment to sin, and that is so very difficult because I'm still gluttonous at the dinner table, i'm still impatient in the line, you know trying to get through <laughs> the grocery store. you know we We have attachments to sin, um, and so those plenary indulgences are beautiful, but they're difficult they're very hard to get. Jesus once told. I think it was uh, Philip Neri that of the 1,200 people at the cathedral, like two got plenary indulgences. So we don't want to not do them because they're at least partial, but we want to make sure that we get as much grace as we can. So now the question becomes, Father, if it's that hard to get a plenary indulgence, to get rid of all my sins and punishment, what's the use? Um, I'm not... I'm not perfect, I'm still attached to some sins, and I'm impatient, or I'm uh, I'm impure in my thoughts, or I'm gluttonous at the dinner table, or I get angry with my temper. Well, guess what? God gives another way. There is another way that we can be completely cleansed, not only of all our sin, but all punishment, and it's called Divine Mercy Sunday. And this one day, Jesus says, the floodgates of my mercy are open. This one day, Divine Mercy Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, the next following Sunday, Jesus said, the floodgates of my mercy are open. All you have to do is go to confession sometime before, so you're in a state of grace, receive Holy Communion, either at the Vigil Mass on Saturday night or any Mass on Sunday. It doesn't have to be 3 p.m., any Mass, and you will be forgiven of not only all your sins, but all your punishment. But you have to ask for this grace. So we teach people, when you receive Holy Communion on Divine Mercy Sunday, after having been to confession, ask God for this grace. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, you said to St. Faustina, the soul that's been to confession, I have The soul that's received Holy Communion, I just did, will receive complete forgiveness of all sin and all punishment. Please give me this grace. And you know what? Jesus has to give it to you, or he is a liar. And nobody is going to claim that. (laughs) You know, nobody's going to say Jesus doesn't keep his promise. So as long as we have rectification of the will, we have an intent to change our lives, we have a desire to leave sin behind, even if we're not perfect, there's no requirement that you have perfect detachment from sin. We can be broken, we can be still struggling, but God gives us a chance to wipe our slate clean. And I'm sorry for the long answer, but I'll finish with this. Father Seraphim said, never will our soul be cleaner other than our original baptism, than it is on the moment of Divine Mercy Sunday. Because you're forgiven of every sin and punishment, and anybody can do it. Just get to confession, get to Holy Communion. If your church is closed, make an act of contrition for your confession. Make a spiritual communion for your communion, and trust to God. And I promise you, if you have an open heart and you ask him genuinely for this, you will receive the most incredible grace of your life. And that's what Divine Mercy Sunday
1: is. Amen. And it's April 11th this <laughs> Sorry year, correct? For that no, long no. Answer. It was great and it's April 11th this year, right? So people need to yes. to mark their correct. calendars and and to prepare their hearts.
2: Yes. And we what we need to do is say, Lord, help me to leave this sin that I might be attached to behind and you know that grace that he gives on Divine Mercy Sunday helps break those attachments. And so we praise God. And we, you know, if we're struggling with maybe substance abuse or whatever it might be, there's a lot of graces on that day to help break those addictions.
0: Well, thank you so much, Father Chris Aylar, for joining us. You know, can you tell our listeners how they can find more, learn more about Divine Mercy, more about your books? How can we, how can they follow up with you?
2: Yeah, please uh, give you a couple of resources. If you'd like some resources such as books and pamphlets and prayer cards, please visit us at Shop Mercy. That's one word, shopmercy.org. If you would like to read more on our website, our website is thedivinemercy.org. That's all one word. And finally, if you'd like to watch our videos, our homilies, our daily videos about uh, the faith and what Divine Mercy is, you can visit our YouTube channel, which is called Divine Mercy, or our Facebook page, Divine Mercy Official. And so we've got a lot of good stuff, and we hope that you'll tune in.
0: Well, thank you so much, Father Chris, for joining us. We really appreciate it. What an amazing teaching we all received, and uh, God bless you and all of your work.
2: Thank you, and you guys too. God bless all of you and all the listeners, and happy Easter and Divine Mercy Sunday.
0: Thank you. You are listening to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. My name is Emily Jaminet.
1: I am here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with Michelle Fanley. Wasn't that great? I just love Father Chris. I actually met him. This is my favorite Divine Mercy Sunday story. I'm going to tell this: how I met Father Chris, um, because I got to actually go to the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, in 2014, and um, I was asked to um, go to read Father um, Gately's book. At the time, was his newest book was "You Did It to Me" about the works of mercy to practice. Uh, these works of mercy with my family and to go out there while they were having 20,000 other people out for Divine Mercy Sunday, and share my witness in front of the pilgrims and also to go on EWTN. And, you know, this was one of those moments that right, I always wanted to go to the shrine. But it's 10 hours away here from Columbus. And, you know, there's it's it's not an easy trip, and especially you know with a, a large family, and I was also pregnant at the time. But when Father Mike asked me to do this, I thought I got it. I got to go, right? I can't miss this opportunity. And I could have just flown out and gone by myself, but I said I really want to take my family, Lord. I really felt like we could use these the graces from to going to this holy site on this holy day. So I told my you know my husband Matt, and I said hey, I've got this great idea for spring break, you know, and I had this all planned out for us to to make it out there on our spring break. And he, my husband's a very practical one. And he kind of said, Michelle, you know, you're pregnant, right? And I said, yeah, but I already talked to Dr. Parker. And he said, there's hospitals out in Massachusetts. And he said, and you know, when you have the baby, I'm planning on taking some time off. He's self-employed. So I can't take off spring break. And then when you have the baby four weeks later, I said, "All right, well, we'll we'll just we'll pray about it. And if God wants us to go, He will, you know, make this all happen." So that very night, we had gone to our school auction and fundraiser, and my mother-in-law had gave given me some money to buy a uh, one raffle ticket to the tuition office, uh, the tuition raffle, which you would win a one year free of Catholic tuition. And wouldn't you know that eight forty five that night when they announced the winner, it was Matt and Michelle Family. So I didn't have to say a word. My husband just looked at me and he said, "Well, I guess." We, I know where we're going on spring break. And we did. We got to go to the shrine. It was amazing to be there with so many people. I mean, you just see thousands of people going to confession and praying the chaplet together and going to mass together and singing. And it's, you know, the celebration goes all day long there. And it was such a grace filled time for our family.
0: I love that story. And I love that you were so pregnant in that story, right? I mean, that's an extra addition to the understanding of divine mercy, God's mercy on sometimes mercy on the pregnant lady giving the testimony, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) Everyone wanted me to be like, you should have the baby on TV. I'm like, oh, this is not TLC. This is EWTN. (laughs) <laughs> That's great, and why I think my favorite um, story is just this
0: journey writing books with you, right, starting with Divine Mercy for Moms, and really coming to know Saint Faustina through that experience of writing. And then our friend Faustina is actually a book that you get at the you know Marian Press that is published by the Marian Press, and being able to do a video series with Father Chris Alar, his teaching on each chapter, to be able to include. You know, these powerful faith stories in that book, and then to have that teaching component through video is really priceless, our friend Faustina. So um, what an amazing opportunity today to focus on understanding divine mercy. I think the title is a little intimidating because we really don't fully understand, right? I I don't think you can fully understand it. I tried really hard when Father Chris was talking, and I've tried for a number of years now, but the truth is it does include faith, right?
1: Absolutely. And it is such a gift, you know. And if you you want to learn more, you know, pick up the Diary of St. Faustina. I mean, I can't tell you how many people who have told me, like, oh, I, you know, I looked at it years ago, but it was too much for me. But because it's a big, thick book, but so many people are really touched by her, her diary and her words, what Jesus spoke to her. It's really a beautiful message.
0: And even praying the chaplet, right? It's a great opportunity to pray the chaplet. It takes seven minutes. You can join EW. You can join St. Gabriel. They pray the chaplet. And it's such an opportunity. And I like to joke that if I don't pray it during the day, Jesus seems to wake me up at like 2.59 in the middle of the night. And he's like, ha ha, time to pray the chaplet. So I highly recommend praying it during the day. But Michelle always has a little funny slogan.
1: I know. One time I saw a car. It was pulled into the parking lot and it said, um, it's three o'clock somewhere, pray the chaplet. So it's it's okay. You know, I know you know, I for me it works out. I get off of work at two thirty and I head over to pick up my girls at three o'clock so I can say it in the car if when I'm by myself. But you know, if three o'clock goes by and you didn't say the chaplet of divine mercy, it's okay. It can be said anytime. It should, you know, say it multiple times a day. It's such a beautiful way to meditate on on Christ's passion. And also there's actually a novena too, a nine day novena. You can start on Good Friday to, um, to pray these words from the Diary of St. Faustina. And if you join in late, it's okay. You know, pick up, you can say the Novena any time of the year.
0: That's such a a great point. The Novena, you know, again, set your calendar. It starts on, you can even start next year's calendar if this does a rerun, right? Always know that it's a beautiful Novena to start on Good Friday and it carries us right until Easter Sunday. And really to summarize, Father Chris Alar, you know, when we encounter suffering, when we encounter those difficult moments, we want to follow a formula for action for expressing our love. And that's what St. Faustina talks about, right? The importance of deed, word and prayer. So we always can have a response, a heartfelt response to that suffering. It doesn't always have to be an action, right, Michelle? Or cost you money. Or cost you money. Michelle's taught me, um, get a mercy partner. She's really good at holding me accountable to many of the good deeds she'll get the uh, credit for in heaven because she'll say, Emily, let's do this, you know. And I but it does. It, it get a mercy partner, get a mercy friend, put some mercy in the mail, send a letter, you know, send some words of encouragement, send maybe, you know, just an anything. A divine mercy holy card. Yep, the divine mercy holy card. But it sure it sure goes a long way. And I think that we can't underestimate what it looks like to put your faith into action. So if we get a takeaway, that's that's really my big takeaway.
1: Absolutely, you know, just one day at a time, every inspiration of the Holy Spirit when you when you say yes to those little institutions, yes, you, you should go call your friend right now. And you feel, oh, it's kind of weird. No, do it, right? And then that is the Holy Spirit calling you to do that. And that is something that you'll get so many graces for and then be able to, to continue to do, to, to lead, lead with action, lead your faith with action.
0: And share it with the, your family, share it with your friends, right? The Divine Mercy Sunday especially is an amazing opportunity to you know, get your family there, get your children there, tell your parents about it. Because as, as Father Chris Aylor shared, this is a very particular grace on a very particular day. We might not fully understand what he was saying, even though we're seeking to understand. But the truth is we want those graces.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, um, this has been such a joy being here in studio at St. Gabriel, an opportunity to be able to come to know our faith better. Hopefully people are inspired by faith, had a little bit of fun, but we
1: always do love um, to end in a meaningful prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal God, in whom mercy is unfathomable and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us. That in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself.
0: O oh, incomprehensible and limitless divine mercy, I exult and adore your worthy, your worthily who can supreme attribute of Almighty God. You are the sweetest hope for sinful man. Into our him yourself unite, star, earth, sea, and in one accord thankfully and fervently sing of the incomprehensible divine mercy. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that your faith was inspired. To learn more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, please visit columbuscatholicwomen.com and our site, or our site, inspirethefaith.com. God bless you.